0: So, all right, let's start with the heavy question. Oh, okay. What do you think is one of the biggest mistakes that you've learned from in the past six years since we've last talked?
1: Oh, my God. (laughs)
0: We're still Mm. in the middle of talking about tacos. Mm. How's that beer?
1: This is exactly what I wanted.
0: Word. When you said black currant and lemon, I was like, yep. Tight. I'm glad you like it. That's from probably one of my favorite breweries in the country right now. Mm. Drowned Lands. They're in uh, upstate New York.
1: Mm. I love them already. Wow, this is good. Glad you like it. Oh, yeah. I'm happy. Yeah. There's always there's.
0: Always a beer and soda for everyone in the fridge. That's always. You're just no matter what kind you like, I'll find something for you in there.
1: Sweet person candles and like cool things. My inner child is happy.
0: Hey, I'm happy that you're here.
1: (laughs) I'm happy to be here.
0: Well, I guess what we need to do is like some type of an intro. Okay. All All right. So let's make sure that we got the sounds working and uh, let's go. Hello and welcome to Start the Beat, the podcast where we highlight the past, present, and future of the Pittsburgh music scene. My name is Brian sykes and today I am joined by the one and only Clara Kent. Make some noise for the oh internet. Oh my gosh. Hi.
1: It's going crazy. <laughs> Hi. What's
0: up? Chilling. Really good to have you here on a lovely lovely thursday afternoon thursdays are great in our wonderful city of pittsburgh pennsylvania I know. well maybe wonderful i don't know yeah. i mean do we want to you can if, find the nice things about I felt it like the stone that rolls down the hill and it just gets bigger <laughs> yeah but regardless we're having a good time we're having yes. a good day yes. beer and coffee on the table mm-hmm Lovely. Thank you for taking the time to be here. I know it was a, a bit of a journey for no, you to get it was here.
1: Fun. I enjoy adventures. A little spontaneity isn't bad, you know. Had to hop a couple buses. Got beeped at a lot. Mm. And then people were like, oh. Were they
0: like aggressive beeps or like, Hello, how you doing? Me, type I, beeps. I was
1: reading a book, and they were like <laughs> beep beep, and I was looking, and they were like, Looking good. I was like,
0: Are you like reading and walking?
1: No, I was standing.
0: Oh, okay. You're just like I
1: was scared.
0: Got it. Got it.
1: It was on the it was on center, so of course that would happen.
0: Yeah, that's always a a wild <laughs> area over there. I was there. like, thank you. <laughs> so uh, for cool. for those of you that do not know Clara, you are in, you know, an artist, musician. Yeah. Uh, Artist first. Entrepreneur extraordinaire.
1: Oh, wow. Wow. Thank you. I'll accept (laughs) that because that is the goal.
0: (laughs) Totally. And uh, you are actually returning to the show. We had you on a long time ago back in 2017. That was an entire lifetime ago.
1: It was a lifetime ago. It was pre-pandemic and yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, two things that are really cool One, it's insane that that's almost six years ago and that I'm still doing this podcast.
1: Well, that's, yeah, congratulations to you. Give it up. Put
0: the. Oh, wait, I have to turn it up. (laughs) Well, what I was going to (laughs) say is that the other thing that is really cool is that you're still doing stuff too Mm. because Mm. there are a lot of our peers from that time period Mm -hmm. in 2017. And it's like, I don't know where the fuck a lot of those people are now.
1: I honestly now you're yeah.
0: Honestly, yeah, where are they? I mean, I would hope that they're maybe in a healthy place because a lot of people moved totally. A lot of people moved
1: to the south to just have a slower lifestyle or they moved to bigger cities.
0: Yeah, I mean, wherever they are, all I could all I could hope is that they have uh found some peace because the one thing about this crazy world that we choose to be in mm. of entertainment and yeah. show business baby <laughs> is that it's not always the most uh mentally beneficial it could be a little taxing it is extremely taxing <laughs> like one
1: let's just talk about the elephant in the room within the United States of America being a creative is not it's weird because it's the most like people want to watch movies they want music they want to listen to podcasts but doing it as a career is not exalted as much as having access
0: to it. Sure. I mean, and there's like a like, writer strike going on. Yeah, and, that's and crazy. Nobody cares.
1: Nobody cares. <laughs> I'm like, do y'all see what's happening right now? This is insane. Like big, huge Hollywood actors are exposing how much they get paid. They're basically paycheck to paycheck. Most of the stuff they wear is rented. Most of the cars they have and the houses they have are, it's like, there, it's a facade. Like the the veil just got lifted off of the Wizard of Oz, and everybody's just like, "Huh,
0: yeah." <laughs> I don't know yeah. what scumbag had the genius idea to take like the rent-a-center concept,
1: yeah, and like market it to people that
0: like want to like have like a social media flex.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because people rent high end clothes and jewelry, which is fine, you totally, know? but also. It costs more to rent those things than to just like save up and own it. And then by the time you save up and own it, it's kind of like a car on the lot. Some of the uh-huh. stuff,
0: it's a mess. And man. you also have all those things like 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 afterpay pay. And, oh
1: and Klarna. And Klarna and, I fell for that one.
0: <laughs> oh no! What'd you I get? Did. What'd you get? I don't even want to see. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I paid it off. I was like, I just ended up spending fifty dollars more on the item uh-huh. because they rounded. It seems like oh, it's twenty five per payment, but it's like this thing only costs eighty dollars. But I just paid like a hundred, or I paid one hundred twenty five. Yeah, you never doing that again.
0: Well, <laughs> through all of the chaos and all yeah. of the um what would that be interest rate you're still here
1: i'm still here you're still making
0: music you're still doing the thing gotta
1: make mistakes to learn
0: sometimes yeah yeah so all right let's start with the heavy question oh okay what do you think is one of the biggest mistakes that you've learned from in the past six years since we've last talked
1: oh my god (laughs) (laughs) that is like That is not just a heavy question That is like That is like A huge meteor Hitting the side of the head Um The biggest Okay okay I can I can condense this Because it is one thing The biggest mistake I've made Between the time I talked to you To now That is now being healed And rectified And I'm working through it And I'm much better I need to learn to listen to my inner voice and trust it
0: because okay. it's right every single time. Yeah, you know, there's the uh <laughs> there's this concept that I uh, <laughs> there's it sounds cliche and it sounds
1: like light and wafy, but it's really it's such a simple thing that I just, I just think of all the times, whether it was career, family, friends, relationship, or even just me dealing with a new project. And I already knew the answer, but because I had self doubt or shame, or I didn't think I was worthy of it, I had to work more, or I had to, I tend to lay on too much on myself due to just like, you know, I mean, a lot of us have traumatic past or we dealt with things that kind of like rewired how we think about ourselves. So in the past three years, especially when the pandemic first started, I was forced to sit and reflect. And I thought I was doing that. I thought I was. I meditate and I do all those things. So I thought I was doing that. But I really realized the power of like silence and stillness. And I have moments like even this week, I had a moment like where my heart was really hurting and I needed to talk to people to remind myself to like ground myself. So it it happens. But one of the things I really learned from 2017 to now is that my inner voice is something that I can deeply rely on. It's like, it's a real thing.
0: Absolutely. <sighs> I uh, I believe very much in this concept that your first idea is always the best idea.
1: Yes. When you start like doing all this extra stuff, it just minimizes it and it takes away the authenticity and the just power of that idea.
0: Yeah, and I can't tell you how many times I've like started something and I've been like, "Ah, oh, this is cool, but it was too easy, so it can't be right. And then I overcomplicate it and just end up going back to what I did originally, And you know and, what I mean? Yeah, and that comes from like, there might
1: be, I don't know if you were like this growing up, I was obsessed with being validated, especially from my family or friends, around my academics at one point. So you know how in school they give you the stars and they're like eight plus and they like give you all this attention when you do certain things. Like there's certain kids that they would do certain things um, within academics that were positive or what we deem positive. And then some kids they would do quote unquote negative things because whatever gets you attention is what you're gonna focus on. So for me it was, let me try to overachieve. I'm overachieved and I have to work really hard. I have to work three times as hard because I'm a black woman and I'm a Native American woman and I'm this and I have to work 50 times harder than all these people. And that led me to burnout at a young age. It led me to just a lot of self-doubt and just these voices, these consistent core voices. And now finally, i get to like dismantle all of those things but yeah like it's a lot it's a lot and creatives most of us have very similar stories with like um just our own inner reflection and how we deal with ourselves like we'll have something creative and we'll be like yeah this is cool and then we're
0: like this is trash (laughs) totally i think that yeah i have a really big problem with Feeling that my air quote art is even Mm. worthy of being put out because it's like, who the fuck do I think I am? Right. I'm I'm like too self-aware.
1: Imposter syndrome. Yeah.
0: It's Mm -hmm. like that sort of a thing where, Mm -hmm. but that's like not valid. You know, I've had like a lot of people that like say like, Hey, like I like your podcast and you should talk more about yourself on your show. And I'm like, it's not I'm like, it's not about me. It's about the guests. And it's like, but it's your show. And I'm like, yeah. okay, I guess you're right. I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I understand
0: that. I understand that. Because it's like
1: you, there's also, I know um, a lot of artists have a fear of being seen as arrogant. Mm. Like, because we've seen what that looks like on people. But we also have like a distorted view of what it feels like or looks like to be confident. We we have a hard time, a hard relationship with confidence, a lot of us that are artists, because what we do is very vulnerable. Even if it's like a hip hop artist or a rock artist or somebody that does a lot of music that can be a bravado focus, there's still vulnerability in pushing that out to get it on record. Because most of the time when you make a song around that, you don't feel that way. Like when I make my happiest songs I'm usually sad. And when I make my saddest songs I'm usually happy. <laughs> so like not all the time do we feel the energy that we're making in our songs, but all I have to say is that like the confidence thing um like you talking about yourself that's a huge like as a visual artist I have a, I do not want to talk about my art. I hate it. I just I'm like, yeah, read the card on there or when people ask like about like so what's your process i'm like can i write it first before i talk about it sure yeah um read that and then you'll understand
0: Uh uh-huh i almost feel like when someone like asks me what a song that i've written is about yeah it's like to be honest with you this is what i want to say to people Mm. to be honest with you I wrote this song, so I don't have to fucking explain this to you. Yeah. <laughs> the song is the explanation. <laughs> Take with it what you will. And you know what? <laughs> I really Okay, so working at the radio
1: station, I get to see, like, a lot of the live and directs. And Rosemary's amazing with interviewing people. Like, she asks questions that aren't that. Like, you're good at interviewing, too. But she asks questions that are just, like, about the person. And they just openly talk about... And that's why I wrote this song, because they're talking about the subject. And then they'll be like, that's where this song was inspired by. And then you'll see interviews like on YouTube or something. I don't know. And the person's like, yeah, so tell me what inspired blah, blah, blah. And they're just like, did you listen to <laughs> We're very <laughs> defensive about our work. We're like, did you listen to it? We're sensitive. What did Erica you say? I'm sensitive about my sh- Cause we are we're like, did you listen? Did you pay attention? I put so much work into this. That's why I, I don't want to talk about it. We could talk around it and to yeah. it, but I don't want
0: to. Well, I feel like what you have sometimes, and maybe this is me being a little bit rude. No, but oh. I think there are some people that do shows that interview people, mm-hmm. and they are interviewing people because they want to show to be about them.
1: No, that's true.
0: You know, and like that's, that's what true. that's like the complete opposite of what I'm trying to do. That's mm-hmm. why I get so
1: yeah con- like, over
0: concerned about like oversharing. I think,
1: I think but you gotta
0: be we're having a conversation. I need to tell you a bit about myself so you tell a bit about yourself. Right. And like it's a, I was about to
1: say it's a relatable thing. Like we can relate. You're yeah. just like setting groundwork so like, hey, I can relate to that because in my experience, blah blah blah.
0: You know. Absolutely.
1: I think I think you do
0: a healthy dose of that well thank you that's very good i
1: would like to hear more stories
0: we'll see how it goes (sighs) okay you know do you have any any anything anything in particular that you would like to know about i
1: don't know what was your like first show like
0: Your first tour oh like my first like show that i performed yeah okay will you answer the same question after (laughs) sure okay (laughs) All right, let's share let's share experiences. <laughs> so, my first show that I ever played in an air quote band mm. was in a band that I was in in the early 2000s called the Control Alt Delete Project. Mm. It was like an electronica we brought computers on stage and beat machines and just did like instrumental stuff. Okay, and we played at this place. I think it was called the Eye. It was in Garfield. It's not there anymore. Okay, Um, but it was.
1: Wait, is it was, where the Silver Eye is now?
0: No, oh, okay, never mind. It was. Um, I don't even know if that building is still there. But it was down the street from where Garfield Artworks was. Oh, okay, and where you know that area over there by. uh, I guess like children's hospitals over there now, yeah. like that whole area. So it was in that area, but that was my first show. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really weird. I remember it being relatively well attended okay. compared to shows that I would play after that. Okay. We were opening up for like a touring act in the in a similar genre. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, we didn't have any merch, and this was before the internet and social media so really is pretty much hey we just played and maybe people would remember us mm-hmm. that was pretty much it oh um but it was cool it that wasn't bad was fun. i remember one of the dudes from the touring act made fun of the hoodie i was wearing because it was like some <laughs> stupid band and i was like whatever go fuck yourself man. yeah
1: like shut up yeah a hater
0: like like it was like i pretty much had like just got out of high school at that point
1: oh like okay. so, like
0: I didn't like play any shows really when I was in like high school. I was in mm-hmm. bands, but nobody ever got their shit together enough to actually yeah. play a show. But it was like one of those things where it was like I just got out of high school. I don't need to be bullied anymore, right? By like some fucking thirty year old, which now is <laughs> funny because like you know I'm, <laughs> right? I'm 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 there now. But also like I'm also it not makes you bullying like, people. What the hell? Why were you talking to a high schooler like that? Well, you know, it, it, in in hindsight, it was probably innocent they're just uh, being a little a little silly probably but you know i was maybe i was young and uh self-conscious and uh, well, my first show i'm around a bunch of people i've never seen before i'm trying to share my art with people mm-hmm. i didn't understand the psychology of that at the time yeah i didn't understand different. why it's i felt weird
1: environment yeah and you were probably like hold up are you trying to do that stuff that they do in high school because i'm not taking that shit
0: absolutely okay cool what was your first show like oh
1: <clears throat> so, a <laughs> show right? Yeah. <clears throat> Buckle up! <laughs> just joking. Uh, no, I did my first show. This is ooh. This is gonna. This is aging me right here. But this is back when Shadow Lounge was open, and I had a show. And I actually just did a show with them recently too. That it was like a full circle moment. They came back to the spirit. It was the underbelly part, not the hall. So I had my first show as Clara Kent at Shadow Lounge with Ill Dudes from, I was going to say Illadelphia, from Philadelphia. And it was like my first solo show. And I don't know if people know this. Every time I say this, they're like, no, I have really bad stage fright. Like really bad. <clears throat> so I forgot a lot of my lyrics and I'm not going to lie. I was just like,
0: nah, 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 nah. <laughs> I was just doing that. <laughs> we were like, yeah. I was like, Yo, <laughs> Yo.
1: So I was just scatting on some of it and I was just like, yeah. And I have this, um, this nervous shuffle. I don't do it anymore. Thank God. But I used to do this like, It was so bad, but it was fun and I got their merch. Their merch was nice, but I was like, they're never coming back here again, but they did. So I didn't scare them off, but that show was bad. That was a bad show. (laughs) I sounded okay. Were
0: you with a band
1: at that time were you doing backtracks? It was just tracks. It was terrible. And the person I was dating at the time was like hyping me up and it was embarrassing dad energy. Oh, like
0: while you were playing? Yes. Oh no! Uh,
1: <laughs> it was like, shut up! Like, yeah, I was like, oh my god.
0: Yeah, I have. Um, I've had uh, similar experiences to that where, um, <laughs> you know, I play in a in a heavy metal band, and yes. I've played in like heavy metal bands like throughout my life, and mm-hmm. um, it's happened in pretty much every metal or hard rock band I've been in, where people come out and they want to support but there's not maybe like a lot of people there. And for the long story short of this is it's just because it's a heavy metal show. Does not mean that there needs to be a mosh pit? It doesn't always happen. Oh wait, but you'll get people (laughs) that are like trying to hype you up and get real excited and try to like start a mosh pit in a room with like 30 kids. And it's so awkward awkward. and it's like, that's like my fucking friend. That's being the one asshole. (sighs) I'm but so, it's I'm like, sorry. it's like, damn, I'm so sorry. I'm like, it's like, I'm like, sorry for like everybody that's there, but also I don't want to like, yeah, make my friend feel bad. I don't I even know, know what to say. Because
1: they're trying to bring the energy up, and uh-huh. like, it doesn't matter if there's 10 people in here, bro. We're going to do this. It's <laughs> like, bang, bang. It's like,
0: uh, oh man, there's been some dudes like, they like take their shirt off and are like, you know, uh, trying to be I all. Know. It's just like Jesus Christ. I kind
1: of wish I was there to see
0: that. I'd have been like, <laughs> I mean, you also feel backs like sometimes for like like friends that come out that yeah. especially ones that aren't like in the entertainment industry, mm-hmm. that's like their night out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know,
0: so they're just trying to have yeah, like I a good time. And like, it's the last thing you want to do is lie, be like, I, hate
1: when, I, I used to hate when my friends would come see me perform. I was like, go home. <laughs> Why are you here? You're making it worse. You're making my nerves real bad because you know me as this person and I'm trying to do like a persona, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying. I'm like, I'm Wait, shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> go back there Uh shut up just observe please now I don't care yeah but before when I was first getting through my stage fright I used to be like go to the back all the way to the back of the venue all the way to the kitchen go all the way past the kitchen to the back out where they throw out the track go to the street (sighs) go to your car go (laughs) Don't be here. But now, now it's it's whatever. Yeah. So
0: you've matured.
1: I think, yeah, I'm like, I think it's also just like after so many times of dealing with the situation, you're just like, am I going to just keep putting my energy into that? Fair. No, you're going to be here. Everybody's going to see it. Eh. That's kind of what happened like when I found out I was going to perform in front of a lot of people for Thundercat. I was like, I have to get over. In the fact, there's going to be a lot of people there that I know. Eh, all right.
0: Here yeah. I am. How was that experience for you?
1: I was nervous as hell. Sure. But I'm just glad people couldn't tell. But by, <laughs> I wish, because, okay, so Monty by uh, is an artist that I manage and she DJs for me. And then I call him my son, but I don't have no kids. I didn't give birth to anybody. Um, his name is Marv Sticks. He's a drummer. So we were doing like a trio thing for the summer, just me getting back out there. Right. So I get the call the, I think it was the day before they're like, Hey, um, heard your stuff in uh." Thundercat, one, you know, wanted you to open. He he chose you out of two other people. I was like, huh? Okay. And I just calmly, you know, let that slide. And I was like, yo, we got to So long story short, I was backstage. I got to meet him. He's so cool. He's just cool. He's very awkward like me and funny and goofy, but cool at the same time. I need to learn how to do that. But I was nervous as hell. I wanted everybody out of the room. I was like, y'all are too excited. <laughs> you are too happy. And it's pissing me off. I need y'all to understand that I'm shimber- shivering me timbers right now. My timbers sure. is shivered. Absolutely. I was like, do y'all hear how many people? And then they were like, yo, there's a lot. I was like, shut up. <sighs> but it was so fun. That's cool. It made me realize like, oh, this is really what I want to do it was one of those very affirming moments of like this is what I want to do I want to be in front of a lot of people and just have fun and share music that I make from a real space
0: and see people enjoy it that's all I want to do the thing that's really fun about getting to do shows like that Mm -hmm. is that you're thrown in front of a lot of people Mm -hmm. that are in the area that would have never bothered to go to an air quote local show. Did you have any people there that were like, were surprised that you were from Pittsburgh?
1: Yes. They were like, you're from Pittsburgh. I didn't even know. And I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of amazing (laughs) musicians here. Uh Like, um, of all genres and all backgrounds, there's a lot of us. Um, I do think there's a lot of us that are siloed mostly because of, infrastructure and also i mean the arts is more focused and i talk about this all the time it seems like a visual art focus more than a musicianship like artist development or even cross-promoting different shows or us like just being curious enough to go to people's shows um well
0: the the thing is that it's way harder to make good friends than it is to make art it is. And you need to make friends. You have to make it work.
1: You have to have a network.
0: That's really all it is.
1: Yeah, because if you go like if you look at the bigger cities, they're built on a network. And there just so happens to be artists a part of that network. So I I've been focusing on ways to like help remedy that with my company, with Bounce House and um Yeah. And just what I do.
0: Well, that sounds like mm-hmm. a perfect segue. Let's talk about that a little bit, my ah, friend.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah, what you want to talk about? What you trying to say? Well, tell the people what Bounce House is about,
0: for those that don't know.
1: Okay, hello. So, um, <laughs> Bounce House is a collaborative production company. So, the goal is to elevate the underground using events, music projects, and eventually films and visuals to bring people together. Um, The biggest focus is events based in music. Right now, the genres I want to focus on are going to be R&B, hip hop, soul, and rock. Because I think we do a lot of punk, but we don't really talk more about other forms of rock. Is
0: that am I tripping? I don't think you're tripping. Okay, I think that there is just a lot of unintentional and unfortunately intentional segregation in the arts community gentrification and that too lots of (laughs) vacations lots of vacations and isms we need more unification (laughs) yeah we need more
1: unification (laughs) i definitely there's a lot of black rock artists um within the region not just pittsburgh that are really dope like really dope so i want to bring that to the surface and really expose it and Help people be inspired to network because that is like what you said. That is literally the base premise of having a successful art scene, Mm -hmm. but also really being able to thrive and feel fulfilled as an artist because you have friends that you can jam with or you can play a song and they'll they won't judge the song. They'll literally give you an assessment like, oh, this is great and this is great. Have you considered this or maybe this note or this key or maybe you should add this vamp here instead of a bridge there. Like having those type of pointers, you don't have to listen to them. But just knowing that that type of um, system is there to help make you the optimum
0: self you can be is great. Yeah, I think that they're are always people that are more than willing to like put their art out there for the 25 minutes that they're on stage yeah but it's like then they want to go home yeah people don't want to watch the other bands people Mm -hmm. don't want and sometimes it's not even necessarily a negative thing Mm -hmm. it can be stressful getting all your gear across town figuring mm-hmm. out where to load in, mm-hmm. what time you're gonna play and all that. And At the at, at the end of it, it's like, you might be at an event with four or five other artists, but you don't actually really get to talk to anybody because everybody's yeah. trying to do their own shit. I think so a lot like of a, us are
1: jaded too, to be too, Okay, yeah. Like when I speak with other artists um, within our peer group or even younger, I'm like, dad, y'all getting jaded already? How, how's this happening? Um, but there's like this sense of being jaded because Pittsburgh likes to present as an artist-focused city, but it has so much more to do before it truly is one. Um, for example, I never really see people like playing on the street. When I was in New Orleans or New York, there's people just like jamming on the street. Sure. <laughs> like they're just like having a jam or... But if you do that in Pittsburgh, the cops are going to roll up on you quick.
0: Oh, absolutely. The sound
1: ordinance, even the stuff that happened with James Street or... Um, just the fact that, I mean, Shadow Lounge was a huge central point for a lot of hip hop and, um, people of color, black people, especially, um, when it comes to our artistry and expressing that DJs, et cetera, et cetera, we're still doing that. I feel like all the obscure artists and marginalized artists are still figuring out really innovative and beautiful ways to express ourselves, especially right now with the DJ world, but, performing artists I think are jaded as heck like we're just like exhausted with fighting about little nuances like the soundboard or um sound check processes or lineups or marketing
0: sure I mean that's just me (laughs) there's a lot of it's strange because there's mm. a lot of places to play, but there aren't a lot of places to play.
1: Exactly. What is that?
0: You know, it's, it's so weird. I, it's weird. I fucking, you know, there's a venue in yeah. the city uh-huh. that I emailed because uh-huh. I wanted to book a show there. Yeah. And they it took them six weeks to get back to me. Six weeks? And I'm like, do you still want to do this show? I'm like, nah, fam. I already booked another place. Six weeks is insane. Yeah. It's like, how do you take this fucking long to get back to me?
1: And well, like, you uh, know, but
0: it's because like every place just has like their like, okay, these are the two or three promoters that we trust. And that's who right. we work with. And if you're just an outsider, mm-hmm. good luck.
1: I was just about to say there's a issue that I have like a personal beef. It's not deep personal. It's like surface level personal. Cause honestly, nobody can really get, I, I don't I don't care that much, but I do care enough that you're annoying, but there's, <laughs> there's a production company. There's a couple of production companies in, in Pittsburgh that look at local artists as fillers. That's it. They do not care to nurture the scene. They'll know they're super talented. They have a buzz to their name. They've been doing it for a while. And they don't care. Sure. They don't care. They're just like, huh? huh?
0: Well, the issue that you have uh, with some of the promotion companies uh, and these venues and okay. these shows that where the, so mm-hmm. God, this goes down such a fucking wormhole. But what you have is that there's these fucking promoters. Okay. And you need a promoter. Mm-hmm. And the, these promoters are making a good chunk of their money off of maybe one or two shows a month they might get like one big touring act okay right
1: like a national act
0: or something yeah but in order for them to get that national act Mm -hmm. they need to do the bookers favors and book all the other shitty bands that are also on that roster so you have like one really good show and then there's maybe a half dozen or more other smaller shows Mm -hmm. that these promoters need to book they don't make money on most of those shows, mm-hmm. but it's like a necessary evil for them to get the bigger shows that they're actually making money on.
1: I'm just tired. It's um, exhausting. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's like hearing you talk about it. Cause I've seen it. We've seen it for years. Um, and it's been happening even before us doing professional stuff. It's just, it's so exhausting. Like, can we there? I feel like 80% of the music industry right now is only focused on how can we earn money? When it's like the reality, the reason why the music industry is dying from local level to national level to even international level is because you forgot the purpose, which is to share and produce great bodies of work to the masses. If that is not the focus, it's it's going to fall apart. <laughs>
0: Well, sure. I mean, if, if you and don't, it seems. Like- if you don't have a, I mean, not to like get all business talky, but if you don't have yeah. a good product, nobody's going to want to buy it. And like, <laughs> the there's this, fun, like, there's this other, like, kind of on both sides. That is the most logical option. Sure, I think so that I'm confused. The supply and demand is really off. Yeah. Um, I've had another internal mm-hmm. debate with myself. For a while now mm-hmm. which is that i believe everybody has a right to be on some form of a stage and share their art with the world i agree but also mm-hmm. there are too many fucking people and not enough stages and there's definitely more than a handful <laughs> of people that i can think of that just aren't ready to be on that platform yet. And what is the And it missing, takes up space. Yeah, what's the So missing, what do you do? I mean, you can't tell people not to play shows. I mean, what's the biggest <laughs> missing link
1: from just music, I guess, industry or business in general? They got rid of artist development.
0: Yeah. We need that. Well, I mean, I think with stuff like TikTok, a lot of people don't think they need to be developed yeah, they anymore. they believe in the vibe. They yeah. believe
1: that- This, you know, magical, mystical creature called viral will just approach them and be like, ha, you're famous now. You don't have to do a lot of work now. You can just be famous. And it's not how that works. Yeah. Like even the people that go viral, most of the time they are signed. But even if you're signed, even if you have a label behind you, you still have to have a vision you have to know who you are as an artist. You have to know what you want. You have to work really, really hard. So they'll do all this work using their resources to hopefully go viral. Totally. It's the same thing with the, you know, the girls that run. And they're like, "Yay, hey, yo, Christ, I'm about to sin again. <laughs> I love them. They're great. But <laughs> they went viral because they're just running through the city. And they're like wrapping these really catchy, innovative, cool bars. And like... They just consistently kept doing it over and over. And they tried it with a different part of the verse before, but it wasn't catching as much. So then they tried a different part. They, it's really trial. And it's, you have to think of yourself as a scientist in a lab and just tinker with things and just have fun with it. That's the main ingredient, have fun. But a lot of artists right now, they are reliant on like instant gratification. And it yeah. is not that way at all and you have to face yourself a lot. Like look at the errors and the things as ways for you to be different and genuine. Like don't look at it like a, a obstacle, look at it like, oh cool. Like I have this weird cork with my voice. Let me figure out different ways to maneuver it. But when it comes to the business part, <laughs> I'm just tired of like um, promoters or venues or da 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 da. They're so focused on like instant gratification too. They try to make it like it's just artists, but it's y'all too in the business. Y'all want something that's hot right now. All right, let's hop. And it's causing everybody to suffer.
0: Well, totally. You have, I <laughs> everybody mean, everybody's suffering because of this. From a promoter standpoint, mm-hmm. I can empathize with having 45 shows on my concert calendar in Ooh, a month. Yeah. And I need to find local support for those. Right. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. But there's a part of me that's like, well, if you can't hire somebody to be like one person to be like a local talent ambassador to take five minutes Mm -hmm. to look up artists in a genre, see what their social media followings like, see what Mm -hmm. their music's like Mm -hmm. and decide whether or not they're a good fit for the show, then maybe Mm -hmm. then like it's like if you can't do that, then you shouldn't be doing it. What
1: happened to socialites? Do we still have those?
0: I don't know. I, I think
1: like- socialites, like at one point they were socialites and then they start being artists too.
0: Sure. I mean, that's the other thing too. Everybody that I know that like works on the, in these promotion companies are yeah. all in bands oh, okay, and things like that. So it's, okay. I don't know. It, I it, don't
1: think that's necessarily bad. It's not a bad thing, but it's also like,
0: it's not a bad thing, but I know that we've had a situation with a certain promotion company in my metal band Mm -hmm. and i remember somebody that was in another metal band Mm -hmm. and whenever they started working for that promotion company we stopped getting show offers
1: i wish there was a shame button shame Shame. there we go shame shame
0: (laughs) Shame. And maybe that's me being conspiracy theory, but uh, hey, uh, that's the timing is a little too tight. Let's go back to the beginning of this conversation. You gotta go with your gut when you, you when you feel with when you feel like you know something, you're usually right.
1: You're usually right, and you, know, it, you don't have to jump the gun and just accuse. You could just let things unfold, and you could just sit there and be like, "I mean, the thing is, yeah, yeah.
0: it's like I you." Obviously, need people. Mm-hmm. You need friends. You need help to make things work. Absolutely. But if I'm if I see a situation like that mm-hmm. where I know like this is out of my control, mm-hmm. fuck it. Then that's just one promotion company. Right. My goal isn't to play the best shows in Pittsburgh. My goal is to play the best shows in the fucking country. It doesn't matter. That person doesn't Talk matter. Your
1: shit, Brian. And Talk your shit. Um,
0: so we yes, just move. Just move on. Yeah. Just move on. Yeah.
1: Honestly, I've learned that a lot. Um, Because another thing that I think we go through as artists is FOMO. (laughs) Like fear of missing out. Um, Scarcity mindset is a thing with a lot of us, Um, especially in Pittsburgh. We don't get a lot of opportunities, especially black artists in Pittsburgh. So if we see things happen for peers or others, sometimes we can feel like we're missing out or we're overlooked and really it's an opportunity to be like, you know what, it's time for expansion. It's time for me to reassess. That's what I did multiple times. There was times where I was taking things, I didn't even realize I was taking things personally, but I was like, dang, I don't feel good enough or da-da-da. Like maybe I should do this. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Just enjoy the journey and don't worry about the destination and just focus on what you want to say and where your heart's at. And you'll be good. And I think that is kind of the focus I'm at right now with my artistry. But also that's the thing I try to tell other artists around me when they're dealing with the infrastructure or business or because all of it is so it's like linear and logical. It can be very linear and very logical. It's like, yeah, this, this, this system, system, system. But being an artist is such a vast rounded thing it's not this line you know so i try to remind myself and other peers to expand a little
0: bit yeah it's important to adapt and look in the mirror Mm -hmm. you know sometimes if things aren't working out maybe Mm -hmm. there isn't a nice answer maybe it's just now isn't the time
1: yes uh...
0: and (laughs) it it sucks when that happens you know maybe it sucks where it's like Mm -hmm. hey you know I don't have any shows on the books right now for Mm -hmm. like four months, Mm -hmm. but maybe that is what it is.
1: Maybe you could do a lot of
0: things that are productive in four months. So when you are able to play shows again, you're like ready for it.
1: Exactly. There's it's like having pause or stillness. I look at it as a blessing. Like if I'm not getting certain opportunities or anything, I don't look at it. Like I'm never going to have opportunity again. It's more like, okay, it's time for me to like, assess everything I've done. You know, let's see, oh, do I want to, you know, continue on this path? Do I want to alter the path? Because again, we're trailblazers as artists. Like being an artist to me is a revolutionary act, like (laughs) especially growing up in Pittsburgh. Um, You're choosing an unbeaten path. You're building your own space. So there's going to be moments of pause that are necessary for you to look at what's happening around you so you can really recalibrate and get that together. And lately, that's kind of what I've been doing. I know to other people, they're probably like, you're doing so much right now. You just came out with the EP. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> sure.
0: That EP was in the works for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a, Like I put out I put out a solo record in July, (laughs) at the beginning of July, and I recorded most of that like a year ago. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, yes,
1: y'all are receiving, Uh you know, the things that I've been doing for a long time. But right now for me is a moment of pause and just reflection. And it looks like there's a lot of motion because all the things I've been working on for the past couple of years are now.
0: Yeah. In front of y'all. I mean, like, there's a good chance that this episode may not, like, actually release for, like, a month. You know? And people are gonna be I'll like, have
1: longer hair uh, by then.
0: It's cool that you're doing the podcast again. Can I come on? I'm gonna be like, dog, I recorded all the episodes two months ago. <laughs> right? You know? Like, this whenever, is... you, if you ever see me release anything, mm-hmm. chances are it actually happened, like, Which a long, long, a time, long ago. time ago. I never post anything in real time. Like, even on Instagram, yeah. if I'm, like, Yo, I'm at like, you know, I might post something from a show or maybe I'm at like, I'm riding a roller coaster or something like that shit happened a while ago. You're going to think I'm a paranoid person. I don't like people knowing where I'm at. Thank you. I agree with that too.
1: I don't like it. Sometimes if I'm feeling safer, I might post a tree I was standing by. (laughs) (laughs) Like, look how pretty this tree is.
0: Uh Uh-huh. But. No, Most
1: of the time when I'm posted on my stories, it had already happened last week or a month ago. Honestly, unless it's like no. some type of media thing or like something else. But I've
0: been I, there. Was... Life things.
1: Mm-mm. I don't like the amount of access that people have to others. It is insane. This is the first time in human history that we know of that we have this much access to each other. Yeah. And then it's creating like weird social dynamics that are very unhealthy and codependent. And like, for example, I don't want to have to feel like I have to follow everyone back if I don't like what you post. It doesn't mean I don't like you as a person. It just means what you post isn't
0: isn't my vibe. Totally. It's like, <laughs> like it's like I might know somebody, but you know, there's... I'm only going to invite so many people to my house or maybe like to the cookout right. if you want to use that analogy, right? Yeah, cuz and it's like my social media
1: should be my house. Why are having why is having discernment or boundaries? such a villainized thing, but yet people (laughs) use that term on Twitter every two seconds. I'm going to protect my my boundaries. But then when they really applied in life and it's gentle, it's nice. It's just like, you know, like I wish you well, I want you to do well. I want you to flourish, but I wouldn't invite you to my house. Ah, Like what's that? I had
0: a dude one time. Make up y'all's man. I had a dude one time. Um, in Pittsburgh who, uh, an artist Oh no! and like, I was just kind of annoyed by his social media presence. Right. So I unfollowed him and then I got a message like two seconds later, like, why'd you unfollow me?
1: I don't have to tell you why I don't have no beef with you. (laughs) Like what the fuck? I don't like what you post. Like, I don't want to see you posting pickles on a plate every two seconds. Sure. Or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to see you eat mayonnaise with with your bison burger. I don't know. I'm making stuff up right now. Yeah, I know what you mean though. I don't want to see you grill a whole watermelon. That's weird. I mean, it's probably good. I don't know, but don't. I don't want to see that. That's a waste to me. It's just dripping down through the thing. I saw that on TikTok. <laughs> We're trying to make a grilled watermelon taste like chicken. Just eat the watermelon, y'all. Anyway, that's not the point. I don't want to see it. Sometimes people just constantly post in their significant other. And it's like, that's cute. You just posted this 30 seconds. <laughs>
0: or like, just, I don't want to, I don't want to see it. It's kind of wild. Like sometimes, you know, I, see I will accept a friend request from a stranger on Facebook. <sighs> and like, then all of a sudden my newsfeed is just like, wow, this person mm. posts. <laughs> Every five minutes, <laughs> yes. Nobody's liking anything that they post.
1: Nothing, and it's
0: kind of sad.
1: It's really sad.
0: And then it's just like the, it's just it's like our relationships with our uh, our mobile devices and the, the social media. There's a there's a bigger conversation to have there than is just a like than to harping have. on like people that are posting too much.
1: Social dynamic around each app. Like with Twitter, there's a social dynamic. With Instagram, with these new ones they just came oh, yeah. out I've, with, I've,
0: it's crazy. I've oh I've made the joke that like sometimes I feel like a schizophrenic trying to manage every single <laughs> social media app because I have to tap into a different persona
1: every for each app. one. I'm gonna be a hundred percent. People probably think I'm a social media person. It is only for business. I can not stan social media.
0: Yeah, a lot of the time like I like pretty much just like uh post it and run away. <laughs> you know what it I mean? It is overwhelming. <laughs> it is
1: taxing to cuz I think people underestimate the fact that it is a brain stimulator. Like it's like putting a VR on and you're just in this game. Sure. And then when you come out you're like, "Dang, it's been
0: 3 hours." <laughs> <laughs> and I think too, the thing that's fucked up it's for like, for aspiring entrepreneurs such as yourself and me to some degree. No, you're an where, entrepreneur. Where you have sure. uh fuck. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, I got um myself as my per- my personal self, mm-hmm. then I have my music i have my podcast i have my work Mm -hmm. you know all of a sudden it's like oh i manage seven social media profiles yeah that's and then you times that to all the profiles like all the different platforms i mean then all of a sudden it's like oh wow i have like 30 different social media accounts yes like i need to stay on top of i'm getting rid of my facebook i love
1: my grandpa grandpa if you watch this i love you but like it's too much like anytime i (laughs) Anytime I post, my grandpa's like, "You're beautiful. You're amazing. Oh, you're so adorable." I'm like, "I'm grown.
0: You can't be saying." <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's a lot, and it's it's, it's, a it's lot. yeah, and like I get like there's like lot. I'll like log into like my podcast Instagram and like sometimes like with when I started the podcast, I like just like followed like a ton of accounts. Like mm-hmm. anytime I would like uh have a new episode with a guest, I would be like, oh, okay, I have this guest coming on next week. I would go on that person's Instagram page, go to their posts and be like, who likes their posts? Who's, who likes this person? Then I would follow them. Cause it's a know. strategy. I yeah. get it. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden now, like I'll like open up Instagram on my phone mm-hmm. and there's like, you know, some like scantily clad ladies or something like that like all these accounts that i normally wouldn't follow I'm First like, of why
1: all, the f- i love how you
0: said scantily clad. <laughs> i'm like, I'm like <laughs> i mean i have no problem with people that I, do that know, sort of shit but it's like i don't want it on my phone but right. it's like you know especially it
1: to not feel like your device yeah, it it's like oh shit like i'm on i'm on like the podcast
0: like, that's not my personal thing you know but it's the podcast page and it's still like well i'm following this and now it's on my phone and i have to see this
1: I feel like that's social so media too should much. be a personalized blog of what you like. And that's it. It doesn't need to Like MySpace. Yeah. Let's take it back a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> like, why is it such an issue? I really- I Because it is a thing. It is like almost like a-, a personal attack if you unfollow a person or and the algorithm doesn't even operate well for you to see any of
0: your friends posts. anyway you see these random people you don't know sure the only time I see my friend's stuff Man, it's like on. it'll be like come on out we're playing a show tonight and the post is from four days ago yes that happens all the time <laughs> and I feel so bad like I literally
1: have to look up my friends and just like I'll post it in my story if I see it but it, it just is, it's a lot. It's a lot. I, I'm still discovering a healthy maintenance of social media because right now I really just want to go in a cave, work on some music and prepare a really dope show for y'all next year. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. Yeah. I think that <laughs> I get really bent out of shape when I see my friends that are creatives just like posting shit. That's unnecessary. Like when, like, I'll see like my friends and bands (laughs) from Pittsburgh (laughs) that are like, like, what's your favorite song from the new EP? Motherfucker. Shut up. Nobody cares.
1: You know what I mean?
0: I tried tried that one time and I felt so corny after I did that. I was like, what's the song? I tried it on Twitter. I was like, ah, I betrayed myself. Or like, or like every other day. Vote for us in the best of city paper. Nope. It's like if if you promoted yourself as much as you help promote the city paper, you'd actually be somewhere.
1: I honestly, and this is no offense to the city paper because they've supported me a lot. Like shout outs to mostly Lisa and Jordan and them. right. I've never been voted best of anything in the
0: city paper. And that's crazy. Well, the thing is, you got to think about like. That's
1: it. It doesn't
0: matter. It's
1: like, and people will get hung up. Like, why am I? Not? I'm like, it doesn't matter. It's a people's poll. They are going. To, honestly, you can put. You literally can put Barney as a dinosaur for my imagination for best R&B soul artist. Oh yeah.
0: Well, this is the thing. The it's not a real. Res- the, the flaw of, <laughs> I think the city papers format with this thing with the poll with the poll
1: mm-hmm.
0: is that. A lot of the demographics that they're trying to promote don't read the city paper.
1: Ooh, that is a good point.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, as somebody who's bands and have been nominated and have won awards in this,
1: oh, congrats!
0: Um, you know, well, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I think it's cool because the thing is, the thing Man, that I, I appreciate looking, about it is like we never post about it. We're never like, please vote for us. Please nominate us. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we end up in there anyways. And that's mm-hmm. cool because that's people that are just genuinely yeah. innocently voting for us. And we get nominated. Great.
1: Mm-hmm. None
0: of us are buying a fucking ticket to go to that goddamn show. No. I don't care about the paper award that they're going to give us. No. But I'm thankful for the people that did vote for us. Thank you, people. And it's nice that the, the paper is trying. I don't know all the politics. I, I, may, be that- off, I may be off base on a lot of this. But no, I don't no, know. Honestly, I'm going any, with my gut.
1: Any Yes, there you go. <laughs> go with your gut. Any award anything at this point, especially in today's era is super political
0: and missing a lot. Oh, did you uh, did you catch any of the the Pittsburgh Hip Hop Wall of Fame discourse? <laughs> I was I felt like you were going to <laughs> Um I I'm
1: a, uh, again, I I've seen things. I didn't even know I was going to be on the wall. Most of the people that were on it had no idea. It was like, oh, cool. Sure. (laughs) I didn't know there was going to be a, a wall, right? So that should have been done. Like all the people that were named, they should have been notified at least a month ahead of time. And then I also think that there should have been maybe a peer assessment. Like, Hey, is there any other artist you feel contributed to Pittsburgh hip-hop history? And that would have really rectified a lot of the issues. Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of people that weren't on the wall. Sure. There was a lot of people that I'm happy were on the wall when it comes to the history, especially like Shadow Lounge and seeing all that. But then there was a, a couple people that I'm like, they're very either new, which is not a problem. I think people that are newer, that are impactful, should be a part of it. But there was people that were missing. <laughs> I'm like, how are they not on the wall? Like, they were one of the first people signed. They were one of the first people doing this. Da, da, da. Shout outs to Ari Cole because they definitely put DJ Ari in. That's crazy because his name is Ari Cole. <laughs> like, his name? Yeah. He's been doing slappers and bangers for a minute. And it's always been Ari Cole. It's never not been Ari Cole. And also I do think Mars should have been on the wall. Like it's Mars Jackson. Sure. Mars has been doing his thing for a while. So that like, I understand his, his um, frustration with that. Cause he's been doing his thing for a minute. There was a couple other people they didn't add to
0: that I can't recall right now, but the thing that's interesting about it though is that like like the real ones know. Yeah. And like you really shouldn't like feel like your work is invalidated Mm -hmm. based off of like That's what my concern is an outsider. Because like whoever did this was likely maybe just somebody that is a casual fan. And had good intention. I think it
1: was but all it was, good intention. But it was yeah. based
0: off of their knowledge. Everybody doesn't know everything.
1: Wait, what did my grandma used to say? Good intentions build a road or lead a road to hell or something like that. <laughs> good intentions can still build a road to hell or something like that. <laughs> but yeah, that's what this is. Like sometimes you can have the best intentions ever and it'll lead you to the worst situation. Sure. But it's true. Yeah. <laughs> Because people will say, I had good intentions. But it's like, you have to process certain thoughts. Like we were talking about, like you can go with your gut instinct. And then there's certain people that have won against themselves so much. Or they just don't trust their voice. That they'll make decisions based off of trying to get validated or making people happy. And I think that's what was the point of the wall was to make people happy. It didn't do that. It made people upset. (laughs) Because I didn't understand. I'm going to tell you all this right now. I'm an eye in the sky. I just post my things. I focus on me. I observe and I see what's going on. But most of the time I try to detach because you can get swept up so quick into what's going on and you'll get outside of your own lane. So I try to stay in my lane. But a lot of people have to feel like a communal validation. I understand that. Yeah. I understand that. But I also get to a point where it's like, this world is beyond this city. Yeah. And that's where I'm at. And I've been at for quite some time.
0: Yeah. I mean, I said that earlier. It's like, (laughs) like, like, it's like your goal can't be to be the best in Pittsburgh.
1: Right. But that, but that is a hidden undercurrent of a lot of artists, I think. And I understand why it's something that I felt I felt with peers around me and they felt with their peers around them. It was this undercurrent of feeling like you had to be the person to make your city pop off. Some people need to assess like, do you just want to be validated and seen and and people acknowledge you because you feel invisible or do you want to create art and it, you know, that feeling you got when you listen to a record for the first time, you want to share that with other people. Those are two different things. Two different things. <laughs> you have to, because one requires a lot of work and effort. And the other one is like, just go to the therapist and they'll help you figure that out. <laughs> like if you're, just, if you're just needing someone to just confirm your existence and validate you, you shouldn't be an artist because artists are picked apart all the time. They are picked apart all day long their voices aren't this like constantly every part of us is like people are just picking it apart if you are looking to be validated i would not become an artist (laughs) (laughs) sorry that is not the profession that's just not like Uh people act like you're not a human at a certain point once you get quote-unquote popular they they treat you like you just aren't a human being anymore because they just think you're an object to consume It's weird. So don't do that. Just go to therapy and do art for fun. Amen. Amen. (laughs) 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 It's this black currant beer. It's really good. Still treating
0: you good? No, it's really good. Word, word.
1: Word. Well, Clara.
0: Yeah. I think that we can put a cap Cap on today's conversation. Sure. But before I did talk to you for like an hour and thirty minutes. Hey, you know we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna give it a bit of a haircut. Okay, cool. Don't worry about that. We'll always. I need
1: to get a haircut soon, so
0: that makes sense. We always we always try to trim things down, keep it a little tight. You know, <laughs> get a fade on the side. Uh huh. Yeah, cool. for sure. But before we do that, is there anything mm. that you want to tell the good people? of the internet because it's only the best of the best watching right now
1: oh okay of course then hello i don't know when this is coming out but i will be doing a show at the thunderbird for hellbender i'll be erica badu so come out when's that amazing october 21st oh this will be out before then oh well october 21st (laughs) i'm going to be erica badu that's not how she talks at all Actually, so I take that back um, It's going to be really dope I don't want to say too much I posted a little bit about it in my story Just a little bit Yeah Just to give people, you know But the the crew that's a part of it They're all phenomenal artists Like Cam Chambers is going to be singing with me um, Backgrounds He just dropped an amazing record with Nice Rec And then we have um, Erica DeJane She's amazing Her record is really dope and then Anya is another great vocalist too. Monty Baia is going to be doing my playback and DJ. She's a dope artist. For the record is helping me with the backup and the setup. And then I have, I think Alan said he's going to be drumming. If you change your mind, I'm beating you. A- um, <laughs> and then I have Brandon, uh, doing guitar and then bass Rick doing bass. Yeah. So it's going to be fun i might dress up i'm bad at (laughs) but um yeah so that's a show i'm preparing for i'm working on releasing ep2 so you'll definitely be hearing that very soon it's going to be different than the first one the first one was very like contemporary soulful r&b with like little spins and twists of different genres but this one is more aggressive nice (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so I'm excited for this one. Um, and it's based on the medicine wheel. So there's gonna be four whole parts. So get ready. Awesome. And that's it. And I'm just ready to eat some tacos. Great.
0: Well, Clara, thank you so much for Thanks coming for out me. today. Hell yeah. It was a great talk. Yeah. Had a was. great time.
1: Your iced coffee's down.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's okay. We're gonna switch to I'm the beer in a near- moment. Oh, okay. I'm like up here with the beer. Hey, you're good. No worries. All right. I'll chug it before I leave. You don't got to do that. It's all good. Take your time.
1: It makes life worth living.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But uh, with all of that being said, oh, oh, you got something else? No, I was just looking. Oh, okay. And that's oh, no, that's you. Oh, no. Hello. There she is. And that's all, folks. Thanks so much for sticking around today. Again, Clara, thank you so much for coming out. I'll be back again next week with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Brian Sykes How Start the Beat is this podcast. And until next time, take care of yourselves, take care of the people around you, and peace. Peace.